This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. And alhamdulillah, hamdin kathiran wa tajjiban mubarakan fi. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahtuhu la sharika la. Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluhu salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi tasliman kathira amma ba'du. We come to hadith number 31 of the book 40 hadith of the call and the caller. So we have inshallah azawajal 10 more classes to go and we'll be done with the second book. We already did the first one 40 hadith, this is the second one. The hadith that are concerning the person who's <laughs> the person who's giving dawah and what his call is, and as we mentioned, all of us to some degree are giving dawah in Allah. So today's issue is a really important issue. It comes to us from the companion Abu Al Awar Al Sulami. May Allah be pleased with him. The Prophet mentioned, and this is a fitna, a test, a trial, a tribulation for people who give dawah, especially the people who give dawah with organizations, with masajid. For an example, Green Lane. There's a masjid somewhere, and you're working with them or cooperating with them, with the organization. Today's hadith is advice in that regard. The Nabi he mentions sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam iyyakum wa abwabu sultan fa innu qad asbaha sa'ban habuta He told the people who were giving dawah beware of the doors of people who have leadership stay away from the doors stay away from people who have leadership from the presidents the prime ministers stay away from the governors from the mayors you find yourself where we come from, some of the countries we come from, villages in Africa, Pakistan, wherever you come from. You're giving dawah, you're educating the people in your city, in your town. Then stay away from the people who have money. Stay away from the people who call the shots. The president, the vice president, stay away from all of them to the best of your ability. That's a prophetic message. Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Iyakum wa Abwaab Sultan. Stay away from the door of the people who have power. He said, Because if you do that, it's going to be problematic. You're going to create problems for yourself. And not only that, you're going to degrade yourself as well. You're going to put yourself down. This is a tremendous hadith of the Prophet ﷺ for the subject matter that is dealing with, but it also speaks to another issue, and that is, we know that Al-Islam is the religion that came to us from Allah Azawajal. إِنَّ الدِّينَ عِنَّ اللَّهِ الْإِسْلَامِ وَمَنْ يَبْتَغِي غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا فَلَنْ يُقْبَلَ مِنْهُ وَهُوَ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ This religion comes from Allah. And it came down, it was pure, and it was perfect, and it wasn't in need of anything. But Muslims and non-Muslims came, and he added into this religion. So now we have the mawlid of the Prophet ﷺ. We have all kind of celebrations. We have all kind of ibadat that have nothing to do with anything. So as it relates to our ummah, people introduce it into the religion from the different groups like the Khwan Muslimin, the Sufi people, the Shiite people, all of these groups. Jamaat al-Tabligh, I'm not here to put people down. It's a fact. From the time I became a Muslim to now, all of those groups have introduced in this religion. And one of the biggest problems with the introduction is to introduce to the Muslims, I'm only going to love you if you're from the same Jamaat as me. This is a big fitna, innovation. So the Muslims can't get along because of these groups. You're Hanafi, you're this, you're that, Tablighi, Sufi, Ikhwani, you whatever, whatever. You can't get along with the other Muslims. And people are on that stuff. And we're going to say that's from what Allah sent. Well, lie, that's not what Allah sent. 
That's his beard. And Muhim. We've seen how these groups introducing the religion. But the real weird and strange thing now in 2022, the new Gregorian calendar, is how people who claim a connection to the Sunnah also have introduced into the religion. So we don't find it strange from one angle, but from other angles it's strange. It's strange that a person can claim I'm on the kitab and the sunnah according to the understanding of the set of this ummah and yet he's introducing things that he can't reference back to the kitab of the sunnah. The prophet told the companions and he told us sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam sayakunu fi akhir ummati unas yuhaddithunukum bima lam tasma'u antum wala aba'ukum fa'iyyakum wa iyyahum he said, during the last part of my ummah, close to your Qiyamah, there are going to be some people from this ummah who are going to talk to you and tell you things you never heard of in your religion. You never heard of them, nor did your fathers ever hear of that. It's not something the Muslims were doing before, doing your birthday for an example. But put the birthday aside. Closing the lights and saying, who 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 Allah, 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 Allah. That's not from our religion. Turning the lights off, doing that. And then if someone comes and say, Yeah, what are you doing? They get mad at you. I'll never forget my dumtu hayyan. As long as I'm alive, I won't forget. I won't forget, inshallah. I was in Medina, I went to a group of people. They were having this meeting. We just went for the food. But we didn't know they were from people of a tasawwa, from a Sudan. May Allah bless the people of a Sudan. And that's where they were from. And then they started doing their dhikr. And me and the brother, we were looking around, what was going on? And then they all stood up and we didn't stand up. And the man got mad at us because we didn't stand up and really was aggressive and angry and told us to get out. Why? Why Why you want me to stand up? He said, because Prophet Muhammad just came into the room. I'm supposed to stand up for that man? I never read that in the Quran, in the Sunnah. What are you getting mad at me for? It's not our religion. So the Prophet told the people, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, people are going to come, they're going to tell you things about this religion that you don't know about what they're talking about. What are you talking about? You can just kill, blow up someone and kill someone in retribution for what now Muslims did to Muslims in Palestine or Kashmir. So I can just walk up to someone on the London Bridge and kill a non-Muslim and that's jihad? Are you serious? Here I'm calling to the establishment of the Khilafah. And I love the Khilafah. We all want the Khilafah. But let's establish the Khilafah in our homes first. Let's establish the Khilafah in our marriages first. Let's establish the Khilafah in your relationship between you and your mother and your father. We want to establish the Khilafah. Everything is Khilafah, Khilafah. And the dude doesn't know the basis of the religion. They will tell you about stuff. You never heard of that stuff. Nor did your father's. Beware, beware, beware of going astray, listen to those people, and let them beware as well. So one of the things that has been introduced, and I got to take this time to mention this, there's some people on a salafia, which is the truth, no doubt about that. Salafia meaning, taking this religion the way the Quran and the Sunnah of those companions, that's it. No sheikh is over you, no country is over you. You don't have to give the bayah to anybody. It's the Muslim and you find out. What did Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali and the rest of those companions do and everything that they did? That's all. And you treat the Muslims accordingly. So even if a Muslim is not understanding that, you're going to have rahmah with him because you're understanding the Quran, the Sunnah, the way the companions did, inshallah, and they were gentle. You're going to be gentle with the gentle places, serious, tough at the serious, tough places. But anyway, we have a group of our brothers who have introduced a lot into our religion. And wallahi, I'm bari from that. From them, they are sheikhs and this stuff. And I thank Allah, I thank Allah after guiding me to Islam, saving me from these jama'at, this stuff. Never drinking that Kool-Aid of madness. So we have this new understanding today that's been introduced and that is, connected to this hadith, and that is, that being a person on the Sunnah, Ahlul Hadith, Ahlul Sunnah, Salafi, being a person who's trying to practice Quran and the Sunnah correctly, then that means 
we just love all of the hukam. And no matter what the hukam does, it's okay. He can do anything. And we go overboard in the way we defend the hukam. And that's not our religion. That's not our religion. Last Friday, we gave a khutbah the Friday before that about al-wala wal-bara. Al-wala wal-bara is one thing. Freeing yourself from kufr and shirk and mushrikeen in the correct way. That's one thing. And don't get it confused with having good mu'amala with people who don't fight us. They're two different things. And similar to those two different things, not making khuruj against the hukam. We do not make khuruj and revolt with our tongues or with the sword, nor do we agitate the community against our rulers. No matter how irreligious they are. Because that's what Abu Bakr Uthman Ali was on. Now obviously some people don't never re- accept that because they're on that other thing. Takfir and jihad, ghulu and that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people of the sunnah who understand we don't make khuruj. But not making khuruj is one thing and that's legislated. But acting as no matter what the rulers do is okay. No. The Muslim is the one who hates for Allah and he loves for Allah. Loves for Allah and hates for Allah. He gives for Allah and he doesn't give for Allah. He loves what Allah loves, hate what Allah hates. So Allah doesn't love sins, whether they're done by Muslims, whether they're done by the awliya, whether they're done by kuffar, whether they're done by women, the rich, the poor, those who can read and write. Allah doesn't love sins. So if a leader is doing a sin, Allah doesn't love that. So don't get it twisted, ikhwani, don't get it mixed up. We don't make takfir of the hukam, just like that. These people on the emotions. Well, he's judging by other than what Allah revealed, so he's a kafir. What about you, my brother? You're judging by other than what Allah revealed. We can sit down and show you how you're judging by other than what Allah revealed. That thing you're saying is a judgment. By with other knowledge. It's not knowledge based. People don't go outside of this religion based upon desires like that. They go outside of the religion with yaqeen, with clarity, with principles, with delil, conditions, and so forth and so on. So we don't make khuruj, we don't encourage people to make khuruj against them, none of that. But the mistakes that they make, we hate those mistakes. And I want you to understand that. It's not that complicated. No Muslim should like any sin, no matter who it came from. So if a person makes a sin and he mistakenly, he wasn't intending to do that, he didn't know. He just made a mistake. We still say that sin is messed up. But we're not going to crucify the person who he didn't know, he made a mistake, he thought it was that, that way, but it wasn't that way. So this hadith of today is a clear hadith that the salaf used to avoid the leaders. They used to avoid the king and the princes. They used to avoid it. It was their religion. And this hadith is a clear hadith that the prophet warned against it. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Another issue, and there are many that have been introduced by people of the sunnah. You're going to see those people who talk to you. You're not going to, you never heard what they're going to tell you. Nor that your father's ever here. It's new stuff. This new thing came up now. Whatever the sheikh says, whatever he says, whoever he is agreement with, whoever he's not in agreement, if you don't agree, people will expel you from the sunnah. Because you went against what the sheikh said. The sheikh didn't know what he was talking about in that issue. What are you talking about? He made a mistake. The man came and he asked Al-Imam Ahmed, tremendous scholar in Islam. Ya Al-Imam Ahmed, the aqid of Ahl sunnah is that there is a man who says Abu Bakr is the best and then Umar is the best and then Uthman is the best. There's another man, Imam Ahmed. He said Abu Bakr is the best and Umar is the best and he was quiet about Uthman. He didn't say anything. Uthman Ali was quiet. Is he, uh, he's on a sunnah? Clearly that's wrong. Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali, clearly. When Al-Imam Ahmed heard that, he said, Ikhraju al-raju min as-sunnah shadid. 
to take the man off of the sunnah, out of the sunnah is serious. Okay, he's making a mistake not to mention Uthman, but I don't know why he's not doing it for me to just to come and say, yeah, he's off the sunnah. He said, that's serious. You don't do that to people. You don't make takfir and say to a Muslim, you're a kafir because you saw him doing something wrong or you thought or you heard. It's not like that. A man is on the sunnah. He's known to be on the sunnah. He makes a mistake. What scholar didn't make a mistake? Your sheikh made mistakes all the time. What you talking about? So these are the new things introduced into the deen. But back to the point here. We have this authentic hadith, the hadith of Abu A'war. The Nabi says, stay away from the doors of the leaders. In addition to that, in another authentic hadith, he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, man ata abwabu sultan uftutina. Anyone who comes to the door of the leader, the president, prime minister, anyone who comes to his door, the mayor, the governor, the senator, anyone who comes to his door is going to be put to trials and tribulations. So you should avoid it. So those companions, many companions, added their voice to these two hadith. There are other hadith, most of which are da'if. These two are authentic. For an example, Hudayfa, radiyallahu anhu, tremendous companion, told the people that he was teaching, Stay away from the places of fitna. They said, Abu Abdullah Hudayfa, what is the place of fitna? He said, Abu Abu Sultan, the doors of the leaders. Don't go to those doors, you're going to get in trouble. Ali ibn Abi Talib, same thing. Ali, same thing. Stay away from the doors of these leaders. Stay away. That was the companions of the Prophet The companion Abdullah ibn Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Listen to this. He said, when you go and you sit with those leaders and they give you money and they cause you to compromise your religion, your beliefs, you know the truth, but you just there making money. You a scholar for dollars. You won't say something is haram out of fear. You're going to lose your money, you lose your position. The companion Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said to the people he was with, know for surety, whenever you go to those leaders and you sit with them, and you trade and you get your dunya increase, he said, Wallahi, however much you take from the dunya, it's going to be comparable to how much you lose from your deen. You're going to compromise your deen. So those scholars, many of them, were totally, absolutely against meeting with these leaders. So the leaders today, they wouldn't meet with them if they could avoid it. The leader have to go looking for him, asking for him. That's what they were upon. Radiallahu anhum. From the companions and the tabi'een and the atba'i tabi'een. And some of the scholars who we really, really love. One of the great scholars in Islam is Umar. Ibn Abdul Aziz, who himself was a khalif and a leader. He himself. But he knew they were bad people. He knew. He was of the opinion that it is not permissible, even if you want to teach the leader, even if you want to make al-amr bin-ma'roof and nahyan al-munkar. He was of the opinion you can't sit with them at all. Avoid them. Not even to give them the haq, because it's going to jam you up. Avoid it. Don't you be the one who do it. Let someone else do it. That's how shadid they were on that thing. Those scholars of Islam. Al-Imam Abdullah ibn Mubarak. Al-Imam Abu Hanifa. Abu Hanifa was tough in this regard. Was tough. It took a lot for him to become the judge for the people. Because he wanted to avoid those rulers. So all you have to do, ya akhi, is read about what the salaf were Concerning this particular issue, and we have too many clear proofs where they avoided this. Al-Imam Ibn Rajab, the great Hanbali scholar, in the book Jamil Bayan, he brings a lot of the statements of those ulama who took this position. Ayyub al-Sakhdiyani, great scholar in Islam, these people, these men of knowledge, they had nothing to do with the leaders. So if anyone comes and tries to make it appear other than that, you're not being fair. You're not being fair. 
Those imams, they were predisposed to avoiding that stuff for their religion. Not because they said, we just don't like the hukam. No. But it's like people who have money. The more money you have, the more problems you have. The more clout you have, the more power you have, the more followers you have, the more power problems. The Prophet told the people, Inna amamakum, verily amamakum is an aqaba. There's a steep hill. La yatijawizuha al-mufqilud. Those of you who have a lot of things that you own, you won't get over that very easily. So the more property you have, you have two cars, three cars, you got a lot of clothes, you have your furniture, you have this, you have that. The more stuff that you have, you got to answer for that in front of Allah, Yomul Qiyamah. So he said, in front of you is a steep hill. So if you have on your back a lot of stuff, you're walking up the steep hill, it's going to pull you back unless Allah Azza wa give you rahmah. You got whatever you got with halal and you pay zakat on it and you gave some of it away and you made sugar of Allah and you're on top of Salatul Fajr and you do all those things that Allah told you to do and you're a shakir. Then you'll get over. So the shahid is the more you have, the more problems. It's true. More money, more problems. So those leaders, they're in charge. And as a result of being in charge, it's a problem. They steal the money. I'm not saying any leaders specifically, but it's easy to steal the money. It's easy to give the money to your relative. And a lot of us, we look at these leaders where we come from and in the Muslim lands in Pakistan, these other, and we see how corrupt the Muslim leaders are. African leaders are corrupt. Leaders are corrupt. And we are easy to judge. Look at him, look at him, look at him. You should say, Alhamdulillah, Allah didn't put me in that position. Because just as they do, most of the people will behave the same way. So say, Alhamdulillah, Allah didn't put me in that position. And you know, when you get in that position, as the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said that the Amara, to be an Amir, he said it is a terrible, it is a terrible breast. People get it and they suck on it in the dunya. They get all of the benefit of it. But Yawmul Qiyamah comes and a person is responsible for things he didn't even know, he didn't even think about. So where we come from in Africa, for an example, where we come from, abject poverty, they're stealing all the money and the roads are muddy, we don't have running water, we can't get... We can't get injections, basic things, none of that. And that man is just stealing the money and he's not even thinking about that. Yom al-Qiyami is responsible for all of that. Responsible for the lady who couldn't get to the hospital. Responsible for all of this stuff. And he doesn't think about it. So don't look at those people and say, I wish, I wish. If anything, say, if I had that money... I wish I had the money like so-and-so has so I could do like he's doing in terms of spending. So this is a new phenomenon. The salaf of this ummah, they were opposed to dealing with these people. They used to say, for an example, that al-amr b'maruf and al-nahi and al-munkar. As it relates to the leader, al-amr b'maruf and al-nahi and al-munkar is don't go. Don't sit with him. Don't sit with them. Avoid them. Now, here in the UK, we don't really have the Muslim leader over, but the hadith is still the same. You're giving dawah, you're about to graduate from Medina or something, you're giving dawah, then you have to be careful about being in the messages where they want to control your tongue. You can't call people to tawheed. You can't call a spade a spade. Now, don't get me wrong, we always have to have hikmah. We should avoid calling people by their names because when you do that, it's fitna. If you don't have to mention the Ikhwan Muslimi Jamaat Tabliq, then don't mention that. But I've been doing it so long and asking people, bring that stuff. We'll talk about that stuff. So we have to have hikmah. No doubt about that. Gotta have hikmah. No doubt about it. But sometimes things need to be said, especially in 2020. The Muslims are politically correct to a point where it's a mazmoom. It's not nice. So you may work with people around people. They don't want you to say the truth. You get in trouble. This hadith is applicable. I was in a community. I was in a community. 
a rich person from that community when I first, wallahi, when I first got in that community, came and offered me money. I didn't know him. I'm saying, why you offer me that money for? I really didn't need it. I said, no. Turned out as time went on, he was a supporter of the hocus pocus Muslims. So I had to take positions against that stuff he was on as time went on. And I remember distinctively the boxer came to our masjid. Uh, Khan, King Kong, Khan, Amir Khan. He came to fight in the city and he came to the masjid and he came early. Now he came like right before the imam and they came in the door and him and his entourage just took the first row. And then a lot of the people was getting up taking selfies right before Juma. Right before Juma. This is the time where the Prophet ﷺ told us, you just keep praying two rakats. You read the Quran, you make the dhikr. It's not the time to be interim. You can't even have a dars on Friday. Rasulullah prohibit the halakat on Friday. No lessons before Juma. Why? It's not the time for lesson. It's the time for dhikr. Time of saying sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Time for reading surah al-kath. So that talk that they gave in English real quick and then the Arab that talk should be abandoned what are you doing? no talks before the Juma. Rasulullah prohibited it all together so Khan came in Amir Khan and they started taking pictures so when we came in and we saw what was happening we had to deal with that the one who offered the money was really upset because Khan is from his people and he was feeling I was putting his people down had I taken that money that guy would have had me by the neck don't take money from people like that don't take it, avoid it another issue we're not there with the hukam, the leaders we don't have any leaders but we have this other phenomenon where you have to follow the crowd so everybody says he's a deviant everybody says he's a deviant and you say it because everybody else says it. And if someone were to say, why is he a deviant? Which asal from the asul of the sunnah did he compromise and go out? Why is he a deviant? Why? Well, he follows, he, he follows Abu Hassan al-Marabi. How many of you know Abu Hassan al-Marabi? Put your hand up if you ever heard that name. Subhanallah. Can you just put your hand up high if you ever heard that name Abu Hassan al-Marabi? One person, all of these people... And then the sheikh is going to be ordering people when you go back to the west, warn against Abu Hassan al-Marabi. I say, no, sheikh, you want an inhiraf. This is not our religion. It's not the sunnah. And if you're doing that, what do you think about these other people, expelling people from the sunnah over some nonsense? A'udhu billahi. So in regards to this issue, Ikhwani, don't take positions for and against people because... You don't want to be the odd man out. That's like coming to the door of the Sultan. The Prophet mentions, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, لا يمنع أن رجلا حيبة الناس أن يقول بحق إذا علمه أو شهيده أو سمعه Don't let any man be afraid of the people. The leader, your mother, your father, the administration, the popo, don't let anybody be, any man from this ummah, be afraid of saying the truth. Don't let people's haber. Haber is like when you're afraid of someone. Haber. Don't let that stop you from telling the truth. So you know that, brother. You can't say, yes, he's this because everybody else said it. You're afraid of the people. So in regards to this issue, we want to share with you very quickly, Ikhwani, and it's pretty self-explanatory. Why did the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam warn the people about going to the door of the sultan or someone who you're dealing with from your relative, someone he has money and you have to be careful about. You want to be careful because you're trying to win the people over. You're trying to put your dawah across and you want to have hikmah. So maybe I should just be treat him real good. And Islam does tell us, treat people nice, especially people who have position. Umirna That's what our mother Aisha said. Sai Muslim, we've been ordered, put people in their right place. That man is an older man, we're going to treat him a particular way. This brother over here is a rich person, we're going to treat him a particular way. Not we're going to make halal, haram, haram, halal. 
but he helps the community. We're gonna, we're gonna appreciate what he does. That one is the, is the, is the leader of his tribe. That one, we're not gonna treat everybody the same. You gotta learn that. Your mother is not your sister. Your mother is not your kid. Your father is not your brother. Your father is not your son. Your Muslim brother is not a calf here. This old man, the older brother, he's not a young, he's not younger than you. We have to put people in their proper place. So in regards to this, in regards to this issue, we'll put people in their proper places, but hikmah is one thing, and trying to please people all the time is another issue. You'll never be able to please the people. So what's the reason? Clearly, look what Allah mentioned in the Quran, on the lisan of the queen of Seba, the queen of Seba, they call her Bilqis, Allah knows best. Qalat, she said, إِنَّ الْمَلُوكِ إِذَا دَخَلُوا قَرِيَةً أَفْسَدُوهَا That's in the Quran. She said, if kings, kings, maluk, if they come into a city, they make ifsad, they make problems. That's a general ayat of the Quran telling us the mentality and the reality of kings. They don't come in to make islah. They don't come in to help the situation. They come in and they make problems. So avoid their door. Why would Allah mention that in that ayah? Yeah, that ayah is connected to the whole story about Suleiman and the queen of Seba. But it was mentioned. Kings, when they come into a town, they mess it up. So when Suleiman heard from the Hutut bird that this lady was controlling the people and she had a great army and they were making shit with Allah Azzawajal, Suleiman went to deal with her. She heard about Suleiman was coming. Listen to what she did. She said, Inni mursilatun risalat. And I'm gonna send to them. Inni mursilatun She said, I'm gonna send Suleiman some gifts. A bribe. I'm gonna send him a bribe so he doesn't come and destroy us. Let's see what he's really about. Can we win him over with money? So she sent him a bribe. Suleiman is in control of the jinn. He's in control of the animals. He can understand the language of the reptile, the, 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 the insects. The wind is in his control. The book of Psalms is in the Bible called the book of Psalms. And there's a book that Daoud had called the Zabur Psalms. When Daoud and his son Suleiman used to make the dhikr of Allah, the birds, the wind, all this stuff was making the dhikr of Allah with them. She sent him a worldly dunya bride. Suleiman said to the ladies, Panallah, you people send me a bride? You gonna give me a bride? A tamuddin, a tamuddunini? You give me a bride? Be malin, for ma atani Allah, khairun ma atakum, bal antum bi hadiyyatikum tafrahun. You people want to see me brought this money? What Allah gave me is better than what he gave you. This hadiyah, this bribe is for you. Let them know I'm going to come with them with a host that they can't stop. So the point here is, what Suleiman had in the way of knowledge of the religion, knowledge of the book, connection with Allah, tawheed, that's better than any amount of money that any king can bring to the table to help you with the bride, whatever it is. Now, if the king is paying you your salary, then that's a different issue. That's your job. He's giving you money. Nothing wrong with that. You work in a Muslim country, and in that Muslim country, there's a hospital. You're the imam in that hospital. You don't have anything to do with the general property. You just in that mess. You do the juma there. You help people that sick. You get a salary. Nothing wrong with that. Those imams of the past, they had that kind of job. Nothing wrong with that. The problem here is going to people to get paid and to make a come up is going to compromise the truth that you're supposed to say. You won't be able to say the truth any time and every time. You won't be able to do it. And look what, all you got to do is look at the famous dua today, some of the stuff. And I don't mean to throw anybody under the bus, but it's, there are lessons for us. 
famous brother, who I like the brother Percy, I think his dawah was okay until he did the thing where he poured the stuff out, libation with the kuffar, LGBT and all of them. And he poured out the water for the dead spirits and they all were praying together. And the brother couldn't just come and say, ah, this is haram shit, I can't do it. You can't just do, no, because you got too many views, too many, no, you have to say that. They asked another one from our brothers, travel with them, have love for that brother, defend that brother. Hey, what's the truth? Ikhwaniya, Sufism, he didn't want to answer the question because if you answer the question directly, there were people who won't like what you're saying. No man, you got to say the truth right now, as you see it. Even if you thought it to say your even if you thought Iran, Iraq was the, you gotta say it, it's what you believe. But you can't say it because people get mad at you. Your dawah can't be like that. Now, granted, sometimes you have to be quiet and you shouldn't say things. Because that happened with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where he couldn't do anything about the thing, so he let it happen. So sometimes that happens. But there's a difference between that and between the individual who is always trying to keep friends and as a result of that he won't say the truth the nabi said way mullahi law anna fatimata bint muhammadin saraqat laqata'ta yadaha if fatima the daughter of muhammad stole something i'll cut her hand off and she was the most beloved person to him you got to look at that hadith in the context especially if you have a daughter a baby girl Fatima was his baby daughter, the youngest out of all of his children. So you can imagine the love that he had. And they said that she resembled him a lot. He resembled him the way he walked, the way she walked. When he would come to her house, he would, she would get up and bring him and sit him down. When she came to his house, he would bring her and sit her down. They said they resembled each other a lot. And yet he told, and he swore by Allah. He didn't say, Wallahi, Tallahi, Billahi. He said, Wallahi, to get their attention. Way, Wallahi. I swear by Allah. If this, my daughter stole, I'm going to cut her hand. What about everybody else? That's the justice of the Nabi of Islam. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Muslim says the truth for himself or against himself. So, from the reasons why this is not permissible. And nifaq, hypocrisy. When you go to the leaders and people like that, when you hang out with them. You know, in Sayyid Bukhari, they said to Abdullah ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Abbas, you know, we the tabi'een. We, amongst ourselves, we talk bad about the leader. We don't like him. We talk bad about him. But when we go and we're in his presence, we change our speech. What's the ruling of that? Abdullah ibn Abbas said, we used to consider that nifaq during the time of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's hypocrisy. Go to a, pray, a man with vulva chain. Over here, you got one face. Over here, another face. And that's how many of the people are. So don't go to the leader. Because you got two faces. When you're not there, you're making ghibah of them. You're making buhtang, you're lying. You're spreading things about him. You're telling people about his mistakes, his ayyub. And then when you're in his face and this can, this thing, you're smiling and skinning and grinning like everything is okay. Nifaq. Stay away from their doors. Also, the issue of kitman, of knowledge. Hiding the knowledge. From the biggest sins in Islam, from the kabair, is hiding the knowledge. Prophet Muhammad mentioned in an authentic hadith, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and su'ila an ilm, fakatamahu. Anyone who was asked a question about this deen And he intentionally hides it He intentionally hides it Allah will cause him to wear a harness Like the horse, the camel Made out of fire Burn his mouth Because he didn't say the truth That's a delil, it's a major sin In the ladina yaktamoon مَا أَنزَلْنَا مِنَ الْبَيِّنَاتِ وَالْهُدَى مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا بَيِّنَّاهُ لِلنَّاسِ أُولَٰئِكَ يَلْعَنُهُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَلْعَنُهُمُ اللَّاعِنُونَ Those people who conceal and hide the knowledge from the bayinat and the guidance after it became clear to the people. Anybody who does that, they're going to be from those people that Allah curse. And everyone who has the ability to curse will curse them. 
So as I told the brothers, I remember in that last khutbah about this Gregorian calendar, when they went to these popes and these priests and they asked them, look, this is what the polytheists do. This is what the pagans do. Christmas, Easter, the first January 1st, this is what they do. This is all from kufr and shirk. They tell them, tell that, that you know it has nothing to do with the religion. But if we do these things, we'll make money. If we do these things, perhaps perchance these people won't have a problem with embracing Christianity. Because it's similar to what they are already doing. The Pope said, okay. And look at the religion of the Christians today. It's not what Isa ibn Maryam brought. Nowhere near. He said, Ben Maryam was from the Yahud. Wasn't African American like my mother. His dawah wasn't to my mother. But because of those ulama of theirs, not telling the truth, their religion became what it is right now. Right now. The Christian's religion just didn't come like this overnight. One of the reasons that helped it to get like that, their leaders were quiet. They hid. And that's why this ayat is talking about them people. Same thing that happened to them happens to us. So the imam is asked, can we practice Christmas? Yes, no problem. Can we say Merry Christmas? Yes, you can say Merry Christmas, no problem. Can we blow out the candles in the birthday? Yeah, it's simple, you're near. That's no problem. Everything, no problem, no problem. Now look at the religion that we have. Look at the religion as we know it. As we know it with our relatives and what Islam is today. It changed, the complexion changed from Kitman al So don't go to those rulers because when you go to those rulers, you may be in a position where you have to hide the truth. You don't want to say the truth. Why? Because that guy chopped your head off, put you in prison, take your money away, get you in trouble. From that as well, and there are many issues. From that as well is ghurur. Real dangers. Ghurur, and we mentioned this in our previous hadith, one of those classes. Ghurur is when you become really impressed with yourself. You know if you take time out, Achi, and you really spend time with rich people, and you really spend quality time, not you went one day and we were hanging out with Sadio Manier for two hours. No, I'm talking about you with the person every day, and he has a lot of money. You know the hadith said, that the person is on the religion of his friend. That's what the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wa You're on the religion of your friend. Birds of a feather flock together. You hang out with people who have a lot of money, you become one of those people who, like right now, when we get our food, we don't throw food away, especially those of us who have children and those of us who grew up poor, we ain't throwing no food away. We're going to eat the rest of that tomorrow for lunch. We're going to eat it for dinner. Unless it's no good, we're not throwing food away. But when you're with rich people, everything gets thrown away because they don't have time to pay attention to all of that. And they have money like that. And that becomes a part of what it is to be rich. They don't worry about that stuff. So stay away from the doors of the leader, the rich people. Because when you go by their doors, it's easy for you to start to look down at people. So all of these problems come. So as a result of that, the Salaf, they were against it. But I want to make this very clear, Khwani. I want to make it very clear. Very clear. Although we mentioned some great scholars who said you can't go at all not even to teach, not even to encourage them. You can't go. Although some took that hardcore position, others didn't take that position. Others took the middle position. So like everything, there are three positions. One position is, no, don't do it no matter what. That's tough. Because if you don't go, who's going to advise him? If you don't go, who's going to advise him? So that's tough. The other extreme is, let's go and everything is open. Whatever you want to do. Nah, that's extreme too. But in the middle, maybe I don't have to go because he took my position and I thank him for that. But I'm going to work with my brother because we're all together for the khayr of Islam. So two of them, two of them went and they saved the other five of us. We didn't have to go. And we were cooperating. And the two that went, 
They were like Imam Ahmed and those people who used to advise the leaders. And Imam Ahmed used to sit with those leaders. He didn't go to the door knocking on the door saying, give me money. But when they summoned him, he went. And he wanted to talk to him about different aspects of what those people were coming up with. And he would talk to the leader with respect. And he would argue with those people in front of the leader. And he would give dawah and advice to the leader. And when his followers saw that the leader wasn't listening, they said, Ya Imam Ahmed, just give us the go ahead. We'll break you out of prison and we'll revolt. We'll revolt. We'll kill the people. And Imam Ahmed said, Adima, 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 Adima. The blood, the blood. The blood of the Muslims, Ya Akhi. The blood of the Muslims. Don't be a cause for the Muslims' blood being spilled wholesale or one person bleeding. And Imam Ahmed could have clearly just said, okay, yeah, get me out of here. But he was on the Sunnah, like the Prophet. They said that Prophet Muhammad he used to never get revenge for himself. But the hurumat of Allah, if anything was haram, if someone compromised that, Prophet Muhammad would take revenge. Someone drank something, he'll deal with it. Someone stole something, he'll deal with you. You fought against the religion, he'll come and deal with you. But if you did something to him, grabbed him by his collar, pushed him, you said something disrespectful, he wouldn't take revenge for himself. He'll let you go. And Imam Ahmed, being the Imam of Ahl Sunnah, we find him like that. So once again, Ikhwani, being on the Sunnah is not a bunch of rhetoric, just kalam. If we're really Ahl Sunnah, then where's, where's the Rahmah? Where's the Rahmah for the people? Where's the respect? Even our own families. Why are you cursing so much? Why are you so mean? Why are you so rough? Why are you so tough? Why? We're people of the Sunnah. Sunnah is just not subhanAllah, subhanAllah. That's important, but more important than that. More important than that is your mother. Your mother is a daughter Jannah for you. But the way we're dealing with her doesn't appear with people of the sunnah. So let me make it clear, Khwani. The salaf of this ummah, there were those who said, we ain't dealing with them leaders. We're not going to their door because they are a dilla to stop you from doing that. But some of them did. Some of them did. So if an individual finds himself in a position where he could save his religion and he can be a mouthpiece to give dawah and advice and things like that for these people, if he can do that. But the general advice is like those imams said, even, 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 if you want to give dawah, don't do it. Don't do it. Because it's like the Dajjal. It's like the Dajjal. A person will think when Dajjal comes that he's on the level of deen to be able to deal with the Dajjal. And then when he goes to deal with Dajjal, lo and behold, that guy starts saying, that's my Lord. I don't think anybody here, Allahu Alam, if someone came in that door and said, I am Allah, I don't think anyone here is going to believe him. We all amongst ourselves are going to try to figure out should we um, push him out the door and knock him over? Should we call people, come and pick him up because he's Mejnoon? Or should we just leave him? No one's going to give him a, 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 a two seconds. You're our Lord. We're not going to say anything. When a Dajjal comes, all kind of things going to be going on. Same people in this masjid, without any exception. May Allah protect us. He comes and says, I'm your Lord. And everybody in this masjid and everybody connected to us from the Muslims say, yes, right. You are our Lord. That's how it's going to be. May Allah protect this ummah and protect us as individuals. Don't get the issues mixed up. Don't go to Jadajal. Rasulullah said, if you hear about him, go the other way. Because you think you're on a level of religion. When you go, you'll say he's your Lord. Similar to that. Don't put yourself in a position where 
You have to deal with people who can be above you where they're going to force you and tell you what to do and not to do in your dawah. So for the younger brothers who are coming up, especially those brothers who are in school, you're trying to graduate, I say to you, take your time before you get into the institutional, the masjid that you're going to choose to get into. Because you don't want to go into one of those masjids where you can't say the truth. You don't want to go into one of those masjids where you get government khutbas every week. They tell you, give you a khutbah that they got out of a book and you start reading. And we still see fitting in the streets of Baghdad and the Khalifa Harun al-Rashid is upset. Now, we talking about Harun al-Rashid, that's 700 years ago. We, we, we living right now. But he doesn't have enough sense to change that because it's government. And there are many government khutbahs around the globe. The government says, mention this thing, everybody's going to mention that thing. We see it every day. So stay in the middle, inshallah, and try to avoid it. And as it relates to our individual lives, individually, don't let the sultan of the people and trying to be in good grace and the good books of the people, don't allow that to make you talk about people just to be with the crew. It's not nice, and it's from this bab as well. Okay, Juan, if you guys have any uh, questions, anything like that. Uh, from the adilla that will allow us to go to the leader, is the, the hadith of Deen al-Nasiha three times. The religion is giving good advice. They said, giving advice to who, Ya Rasulullah? He said, giving advice to Allah, to the book of Allah, to the messenger of Allah, and to the leaders of the Muslims. So that allows the scholar to go to the leader. What do you mean we can't go ever? Rasulullah said you can go in that hadith. You have to give nasiha to the imma of al-Islam. So that's a delil. Also he told the people sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mastukhlifa khalifatun illa walahu batanatan. There was no leader, khalifa. Another hadith said walim, leader. There's no leader of the Muslims who he becomes a leader, except that he has two groups who advise him. One group, they advise him to do good and they encourage him. And another group, they invite him to do evil and they encourage him. So if the scholars from that good group, if the scholars from that good group, this hadith supports him being there with the leader to give the leader good advice. He says, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, inna min a'zam al-jihad, kalimatu adlin inda Sultan Jair." From the best jihad, different types of jihad. From the best jihad is one that doesn't even have any weapons. From the best jihad is for a person to say the truth in front of a leader who's oppressive. This hadith didn't say. To go on a member and say something against a man in public, that's not permissible. This hadith didn't say when that leader is in his assembly, you get up and you, you, you say something. They didn't say that. No, Rasulullah told us, Man arada an yansaha, da sultan, Anybody who wants to advise the leader, take him by his hand. And seclude yourself and advise him. If he takes it from you, you did what was on you. If he doesn't take from you, then that's his problem. So from the greatest jihad is for you to say to this leader, Hey leader, you're doing this, you're doing that, you should do that. And that leader can kill you, lock you up, and you still say it. It shows courage, it shows tawakkul, inshallah. But some people understand this hadith, it means you should just say anything to the leader. La wallahi. How many of you are married? How many of you married? How many of you? Put your hand up higher. How many of you while being married, you live at home with your wife and kids? So all of us are leaders in our homes. And the prophet said that. He said, no one should lead a man in salah in his own sultan. So if you go to someone's house and it's time to pray, you shouldn't step, if, even if you were half of the Qur'an. You should let him read or put you or someone else. Because it's his sultan, it's his house. We go to his house and we can clearly see 
There's a seat here. There's a seat here. Anybody going to sit at these two seats? Huh? No, because we know that's the head table. That's probably for the brother that's for his wife. That's for the brother that's for his wife. We're going to sit here unless the brother say, sit there. Simple. So everybody who's married here, you are the imam, you're the khalifa, you're the sultan in your own house. And everybody here with your relationship with your wife, we have ups and downs. There are things your wife doesn't like about you, what you're doing, what you're not doing. All of us. So now after this class, we're going to go to my house. We're going to go to your house. We're going to go to your house. When we get to your house, uh, we find the table is all set and everything like that. And lo and behold, your wife comes to the door. The dining room, she opens up the door. And we're eight, nine people. And she starts to say, hey, you guys need to do something about your friend because your friend is doing this and this and that and this. And he's doing this. He doesn't pray for you. And he's doing this. He's smoking. He's selling crack. He's doing this, doing this. There's not a single brother here except we're going to say, hey, what are you doing? You're going to say that to your wife. Even if what she's saying is true, we're going to say, this is not how you give dawah. This is not how you correct this problem. Because right now, we got a bigger problem. If she does that. If she did it like that, she already has a problem. The sultan, the imam, you, me. He's not perfect. He's crooked. He's not perfect. So those who he's in authority over, his wife, his children, there are things that he's doing they don't like. Is it okay for them to now come to his guests, go to his neighbors? Is it okay for them to call his relatives and just start putting his stuff out in the street? No. You don't advise that man like that unless you want problems. al As it relates to the hukam, it's even bigger. Can't, you can't say that to these men, to people like that. Some of these people don't have any rahma for you. So just as you won't accept your wife giving dawah to you like that, embarrassing you, disrespecting you, putting your business out in the street, just being crazy, no one's going to accept that. At the same time, we don't accept that from her, but we do accept that some of her complaints are true. Her problems with us, they're true. He don't get up for fudger. He this. He starts cursing. He did this. He did that. It's true. No one's going to argue with that. We're talking about how do we go about rectifying the thing. And this is why Ali ibn Abi Talib, the man tried to put him down. He said, why is it that during the time of Abu Bakr and Umar, we didn't have all this fitna that we have. As soon as you became the khalifa, there's a bunch of fitna with you. Just problems, as if the problems are because of Ali. Ali said, the reason why Abu Bakr and Umar didn't have the fitna is because they were the khalifa over people like me, like Ali. I know what I'm doing. I know how to worship Allah. I know how to respect them. He said, whereas I'm the khalifa over people like you. You're a troublemaker. You're a problem. So now, what's the point? You're a married man. You're the imam. You. I'm the imam. You're the imam. You're not going to accept your wife addressing you in any way. The deen doesn't allow that. The religion doesn't allow that. There are many ayat and ahadith that tell a lady she has to calm down. Your wife. There are many, many, many that tell the Muslim lady and tell the kid as well. That's your father, that's your mother, calm down. So we like those texts. We take those texts because it's mahat. Now I'm the leader. We, we, we won't practice those texts, although the texts are clear. If you want to advise the leader in Islam, take him by his hand, seclude yourself and give him advice. So that's a proof, that hadith is a proof that uh, we can work for the leader and be with the leader and be in his company. And you can be from his batana, but it's better, inshallah. It's better. 
that you avoid them. You avoid them. Okay, Juan, we're going to stop here, inshallah. If you brothers have any questions, you can put your questions forward now. <coughs> any ta'liq. Okay, so the class on Monday, no more, inshallah. It's going to be every Sunday at this time, but they'll be shorter than this. We'll go up to a quarter to All right? And also, <laughs> we got a bunch of questions that came to us. Anybody who wants to bring a written question, you bring the written question, you should give the question to my man because he's always here every week, right here. All right. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.